This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, Buttercup? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Times are crazy. It's it's weird for so many small businesses. And I can't stress enough that supporting our partners is a form of supporting DNVR Rams. DNVR is a company in all of us. And, and Breck has been one of our best partners since, you know, day one. Whether it's the Avalanche Amber Ale, Strawberry Sky, you know, Vanilla Porter Jr., whatever you're feeling, Breck just does not miss. The farmhouse is open. It's socially distanced. It's a beautiful setup for outdoor dining. I know it's been snowy the last couple of days, so not exactly what you want, but it's only September. Going to have plenty of sunny days between September, October, maybe even early November. You never know. If you're more comfortable at home, you can still order curbside pickup from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Just call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Use the code DNVR. You'll save five bucks. That's 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. to save five bucks with the code DNVR. If you don't want to leave your house, you can get beer delivered straight to it. Just check out the Drizzly app. Super, super clutch. Technology is changing the game. And you all know that I love the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you the nearest grocery store, King Supers, Costco, wherever you buy your beer, it will tell you if they have Breck. And for a guy like me that just hates the awkwardness of, of walking up and down the aisles, trying to look at all the different beers, I'm not an expert. So I always go with the ones that I like. If you have what I like, I'll come to you. The Breck Beer Locator takes all the inconvenience out of it. We love Breck. We love beers. We love all of you. Shout out to Breck. Shout out to Drizzly. Word. All right. It's It's been a weird couple of days in the state of Colorado, obviously. Uh, from a weather standpoint, I mean, just to not even be able to see the sun because there's so much smoke to have it snowing and sleeting the next day and be completely frozen all in September. Classic Colorado. Just classic, classic stuff. But today we are going to be talking about Colorado's weird couple of days for high school football. It, it, it basically looked like it was inevitable, like we were going to reverse the decision as a state and potentially play uh, high school football this fall in the state of Colorado. A couple of other states, uh, like the state of Michigan, for instance, have recently gone back on their decisions to postpone the seasons and are trying to you know kind of press forward. Going to talk about uh, what kind of happened there? Gonna, you know, give my few thoughts on it, my two cents, all that. And then, you know, obviously we've got to talk about the uh, the recent report that came out from CBS, CSU football, uh, CSU athletics, not really the the team. This is more of an administration uh, higher up issue in, a, in another scandal, unfortunately, uh, really, really damning stuff in that report. If If you're looking for you know, a hot take for me to come out and, you know, be listing names and people that need to get fired immediately. That's, it's not going to be that type of episode much like, you know, the other investigation. I think it's going to be really important that we allow all of the details to come out. We need to get all of the information possible before coming to a conclusion. Uh, that being said, it's, 
It's an extremely, extremely alarming report. Really, really damning stuff in there. And just a really, really bad look for CSU as a whole. Uh, The the entire university, you know, not even just a a CSU football thing. Uh, This isn't even, you know, me like railing on college athletics, although it is another example of of college athletics uh, seemingly putting their monetary interests over over people and, and basic human decency and just bad. It, it looks really, really bad. Uh, like I said, you know, we, we do have to let all of the information come out there. There is a process of which we kind of have to let this play out, but man, it's, does it end? Like, does it ever end as a CSU fan? I just, I, I feel like this, this athletics department is constantly just in the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And it's really disappointing. It's it's really frustrating as a guy that, that loves college athletics, that loves to follow CSU athletics, obviously. But even just as an alum, as, as a member of the community, it's it's really concerning to see this type of stuff continually pop up. And at some point, I think people are going to have to kind of question, you know, what is the common denominator with all of these situations, you know? Who, who's making these decisions, who is allowing all of this to happen. And so it's going to be kind of an, an interesting month, I guess. I don't, it's already been a weird month for CSU athletics, but we're going to talk about all that. And, and then some, but not, not quite as fun of a, of a podcast as the other day when I got to spend, you know, 40 minutes just rambling about fantasy football and, and stuff. We all love the stuff we want to hear about, but this is just important. It's, it's obviously, you know, something as a, as a member of the press, as a member of the CSU community, I'm, I'm definitely obligated to talk about it. You know, we can't just talk about the fun stuff. You know, you got to talk about the important stuff too. And so that's what today's episode is going to be all about. All right, before we, before we get into some of this Colorado high school sports stuff and then, you know, kind of go over the details of that CBS4 report, the Mountain West Conference did release a statement on Tuesday evening, the September 8th, Essentially saying uh, it's been a month since we postponed fall sports. We're still in a pandemic. Uh, we're trying to figure out what to do. As of now, we're not really changing anything. The only really newsworthy thing in there is that as of now, they're still planning on proceeding with winter sports. And it talked about the potential of winter sports and what were originally fall sports overlapping for a very robust spring. So uh, essentially... Uh, no news in the Mountain West. They did say that they've been meeting, trying to figure out what that scheduling is going to look like. And they will announce more news soon when we know. I'd, odd release. I, I I guess it makes sense. You know, you got to say something because everybody's reaching out. You know, what's the schedule going to look like? You know, when are we going to play this spring? Everyone wants to know these type of things. So I guess in that regard, it does make sense to come out and say something, you know, not just leave it silent, make it look like you're not doing anything. But odd odd i guess to not have a a plan in place yet for the spring schedule i know there's still a lot of moving parts i know this is unprecedented but like i've you know said plenty of times over the last five six weeks the longer that this goes on the more uncertainty there's going to be and the more problems that's just going to create for the conference as a whole we've already seen you know guys like warren jackson opt out the league lost the Preseason offensive player of the year to the draft. They lost the defensive player of the year to transfer to Arkansas State. It's just a weird, weird time for the Mountain West. And 
how they're able to manage and, and navigate through this process is probably going to be really important for the long-term viability of the league. It, it's going to be a brutal, brutal school year for you know, pretty much every member institution that there is. They're just going to lose so much money with the lack of fans and everything that comes with that. But they've got to they got to figure it out here and and pretty soon to be honest because you just you don't want that uncertainty to loom. All right, all right, all right. Let's talk Colorado high school sports and a, a weird couple of days that it was on Monday. Chassa came out with a statement basically saying that they had an interest in exploring the potential of of going forward with fall sports with the resuming play, especially football. That's what it said in quotes. And, you know, Tuesday afternoon, Jared Polis, he said, we would be thrilled to work with Chassa to make that happen for the districts that are ready to go. I think there's some opportunity to have a fall season for those who are ready. At that point, it kind of seemed like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we are going to get a fall season after all. Uh, States like Kansas have have been able to play and and have not had any troubles with outbreaks yet. Uh, You know, that being said, there've there have been some other reports that have come out regarding complications, especially with heart stuff. A 23-year-old actually recently died of, of COVID complications. So, you know, I, I just want to, I want to point out, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not necessarily taking a stance here. I'm just kind of talking about what happened. Um, we, we would, this is a quote that we got from, from Chassa on Tuesday night. This was after they decided to go ahead and and continue with the plan. We understand that our school communities would like to return to all levels of normalcy. Troy Baker, the president of Chassa's board of directors, was quoted in a release. We listened to all parties and the voices of our membership resonated strongly to support the plan as approved in August. The plan aligns with the Chassa mission. All students have an opportunity to play during the 2021 school year. Essentially, you know, they're saying you know, we're, we're still giving you a chance to play. We understand that everybody wants to play this fall. We want to get back to, to action, but this is the plan that we are going to, that we're going to go with. Um, another quote here from Jared Polis. I've said from the beginning that it will take all of us, people at home, local communities, governments, businesses, and organizations working together to crush the spread of this virus. Our administration was looking forward to allowing more student athletes to begin their seasons this fall. But if the Chassa board unanimously agrees that they should delay their season until the spring in an effort to ensure that they are better prepared to protect the safety of the student-athletes, then our administration fully supports that decision. Interesting to me that this decision was made by Chassa and not by Polis. But it's clear that he respects their decision. I'm just curious, you know, is, does it come down to liability? Does it come down to testing? Does it just come down to them not thinking logistically that it's all possible? I, I I certainly do not envy these decision makers. It's it's not an ideal situation, especially you know when you have these student athletes you know coming to the capital and essentially begging them to let them play. I don't know. I I really don't. I'm I'm not a medical expert. I've never claimed to be. It, it really all comes down to what level of risk are you acceptable you know taking when it comes to COVID, and where that gets complicated, obviously, with this situation is it's just the the social responsibility that comes into play. You know, it's not, it's not like concussions or other injuries. There's always risk when you play sports. Everybody knows that when you strap up, you know, there's potential of, you know, suffering an injury that greatly impacts you for the rest of your life. You know, you could get a neck injury, a head injury, a leg injury that impacts how you walk. You know, there's something that could, that could, you know, greatly impact the rest of your life. The 
The difference is, is typically, you know, we know what those risks are. We don't know all the risks with head trauma, That that is a debate that you can bring into it. But we, we, we do, you know, reasonably know, you know, what kind of risk we're assuming. And more than anything, it's just individual, you know, you don't, you don't impact the rest of the community. I think probably where this gets super complicated is, you know, yes, I, I might feel comfortable risking my own self going out and playing high school football, but is it fair to the rest of my, com- to the rest of my community that I do that? That's a really, you know, that's a, that's a tough debate. That's a weird fine line to, to try and walk down. And, and genuinely, I, I don't, I don't really know where I would stand. Part of me feels like, you know, let them play. If you're going to play in the spring, is it really any safer than playing now? Part of me feels like, you know, we got to do everything that we can to crush this virus. I, I hate to think about all the the people that are losing their chance to get recruited, but I also know that there are things that are more important in life than sports. I don't, it's, there are just so many different angles to look at and so many different factors that you have to consider. And, and I definitely don't envy these decision makers. I just, I thought it was kind of odd how this entire process was handled. It's, it's kind of the double-edged sword of transparency. You know, we all want to know what's going on. But when you release that statement and you have the governor openly saying he's, you know, interested in the possible of return to play and you get everybody's hopes up and then you come back and you crush them, that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I would have handled it that way. At the end of the day, you know, like I said, it's, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you don't tell people what's going on, they get mad. If you do tell people and then it doesn't play out, then they get mad. It's a weird time. It's it's a weird, weird time. But the way that they handled all of this was, you know, probably less than ideal in my opinion. I just think it, it's better to to make a public statement once you have a firm decision. But that, that's just, it's not how it works in, in 2020. I get it. I get it. But I feel bad for all the, the athletes that won't get to play this fall. You know, I hope you still get recruited. I still hope you enjoy your senior seasons and, and get to have all those memories. But it's just a weird, weird time. I don't, you know, necessarily have any any hot takes about the situation. I'm I'm not an expert. I'm not the guy who would be qualified to make these types of decisions. I just I do feel bad for the coaches, the players, everybody that's impacted. It's it's unfortunate, you know, regardless of of where you stand on this issue, even if you do think that that not playing this fall is the right decision. I think you can probably sympathize with the fact that these, you know, these teens, these student athletes are missing out on, on, you know, once in a lifetime type opportunities. You just, you don't, you don't get these opportunities back. I, I remember being in high school and, you know, my grandpa and, you know, anybody older I ever talked to, you know, they'd always give you the whole speech, you know, make sure you really take all this in, you know, enjoy those baseball games and enjoy the high school productions that you're in. You know, I was a, I was a theater kid. So I, I did all that along with sports and, and music and, you know, and enjoy the little things, the dances, hanging out with friends because, you know, you don't get those chances back. And, you know, unfortunately with something like this, these, these so many people there, they're missing out on these opportunities and it's, it's something that's completely out of their hands. You know, it's not like they got in trouble or they were ineligible or, you know, their parents said they couldn't play. It's just a, a fluke type thing. And sometimes that's the worst because there's no, uh, there's no sense of comfort there other than just, well, we, uh, we got fucked by mother nature. And, and that's kind of what's happening this year. That's, that's kind of what I've been trying to tell myself even with the, with the lost college football season, obviously, it sucks, especially when we see some of the other leagues pressing forward. It's kind of hard to 
not think, well, what if, you know, what if my team could have been able to make it work? But that just makes it harder, makes it harder to accept. And so I'm just kind of trying to keep that perspective of this was out of our hands. It was a a freak type situation and hopefully we can learn from it. You know, God, I mean, I really hope I never experience anything like this in my life again. But if we do, hopefully at least we're more prepared from it. I don't, I'm just trying to focus on positivity. You know, it's, it's tough times right now in 2020 for so many people. I know it's hard for all of these student athletes. Just keep your heads up. You know, that's actually all I can say. It's, it's not easy and it's, it's not going to get easy anytime soon, but we will persevere. All right, I'm going to move on and I'm going to talk about that CBS report. But first, now is the time to celebrate. That's right. Football is here. And to kick off football's 101st season, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all users a no-brainer to start the season. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook, head to the App Store now because you're not going to want to miss this. Have you ever heard of a football team losing by 100 points? Well, for week one, DraftKings is ensuring that even if Kansas City were to lose in historic fashion, you'd still cash your bet. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Kansas City plus 101. So even if Kansas City loses by 100, you still win big. That's a no-brainer. Plus, DraftKings is giving away up to $100 million in prizes for all users who enter their free football survivor pool. It's free. Literally, you're missing out on a chance for free money. All you got to do is sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook, enter their survivor pool, and you'll instantly get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick any team during week one, bet $1 on them, and win $100 if they win. That's a $1 bet to win $100 when you use the promo code DNVR during sign-up. For a limited time only, DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we're going to wrap up today's podcast with kind of some heavier stuff. You know, we got to talk about this lawsuit, which if, if you if you are not sure what I'm talking about, go to cbs4.com. They released an exclusive, which basically lies out... Um, just some really, really damning allegations against CSU Athletics, uh, Spectra, the people that run the the operations for the the suites and stuff like that. Just really, really concerning. Um, just briefly, I'll kind of go over some of the details just so that people aren't totally lost here. Uh, Caitlin Schiller, who is a sophomore student at CSU, she shared her identity and is willing to you know have it out there publicly. So I will identify her. You always got to be really careful, especially with, you know, victims of of potential abuse and stuff like that. You always got to be really careful about whose identities you put out there. Schiller is bravely, I should add, putting hers out there, putting her face behind this report. It's not, you know, in a an anonymous report or or anything like that. Basically, Schiller was a waitress at the CSU football stadium. And in the fall of 2019, she claims that she was inappropriately harassed and touched by Michael Best, who is husband of local radio personality and realtor Susie Wargin, very famous CSU alum, obviously. Uh, just 
really, really gross stuff in this report. It's it's all, you know, accused at this point. You know, like I said, the the legal process is important, but it does mention in the report that the the Fort Collins district attorney, the Larimer County DA's office, found Schiller to be credible that she was subjected to unwanted sexual contact from uh, from Best and potentially one of his friends, Scott Shell, who is also mentioned in this lawsuit. According to the report, Best allegedly grabbed her thighs so hard that it caused bruising. Uh, at another game, it, it allegedly Shell touched her private parts. Uh, this is a quote. There was just a lot of touching, Schiller told CBS. The word bitch was flying from his mouth quite often. Now, this was this was all denied by Best and Shell's uh, attorneys. So, you know, like I said, the, the legal process does matter. But there, there are a couple of things that stand out to me here. One, what, what really, really bothers me about this situation is that when all of this happened, and instead of, you know, removing the, uh, the victim from the situation and announcing a, a proper investigation, really looking into the details of this, Best just got upgraded to a better suite. So essentially, they, they just put him in a different room and were like, there, problem solved. And if, if what he did was true, that is absolutely horrifying. Even, even if it turns out that it, the report is not true or, or that it was, I don't, exaggerated in some way or something, I don't, I don't know. That, that's just not the proper way that a, a university should be handling something as serious as, you know, sexual assault allegations, which that's what this is. You know, it's, it's sexual assault, unwarranted contact, unwanted contact. And it's just, it looks really, really gross. You know, it kind of looks like an instance where the university was like, well, Susie Wargen is obviously an awesome alum, and, and she is. I, I'm a big fan of Susie Wargen's work. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't excuse anybody from, from doing this type of thing. And I, I, I don't know if he's guilty or not. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be really careful about what I say here because it is an ongoing manner. I, I don't know if, if what what he is, you know, what Bess is accused of, if it actually happened. I, I really, really hope not. I really hope not. But it does not look good, especially the fact that the Larimer County DA is saying that there was, you know, that the, that the victim is believable. And, and the fact that they, they just moved him, it definitely shows that there was, they were aware of something, you know, they, they were aware of something happening. And to me, that's just really, really bad because you're, you're prioritizing checks over the the basic you know treatment of of humans over over being just being respectable i mean csu is supposed to be you know this this great community this welcoming place proud to be we get stoned around so much you know we are community well a student a member of this community was potentially sexually assaulted and it was just you know, thrown out the window. It was just, well, we'll just move on. We'll just move them to another room and, and move on with our lives. Another day, another game, another dollar. And, and obviously, you know, that, that response is, is not unique. That's one of the big problems with college athletics as a whole is that money always trumps everything. 
I just would have, it, it was an opportunity for the university to really take a stand and, and, and do the right thing. And, and they clearly did not handle this situation properly. You know, whether, whether the details of the report are, are true or not regarding the sexual you know, assault, whether, whether it happened or not, it's clear that they did not handle the investigation of this situation properly. And quite honestly, I, I always lean on the, on the side of believing victims. That's, that's just where I'm at. I understand that there have been examples of people, you know, making up this type of stuff, falsifying it. And, and that's horrifying, obviously. But the, the truth is, is that most victims, most like by a huge margin, would not make something up like this. And, you know, I'll, I'll say it again, the, the details, the facts, all of that really matter with this situation. When with something like this, you know, we, we truly do have to let it all play out and make sure that we have all of the best information possible. It's just a really, really bad look for, for college athletics and for CSU as, as a university, you know, a, a school that over the last five, six years kind of just continues to make the wrong headlines. You know, it's, it's even beyond athletics, which there've been, you know, plenty of issues in athletics, obviously the investigation with the stuff on the, the previous football staff, everything that went down with you, Stacy, everything else, but really just CSU as a whole. I mean, you look at some of the racial stuff that's happened. It's just, it has not been an example of a community looking out after it's, after it's, you know, people. And that's what is supposed to be, that's what CSU is supposed to be all about, you know, proud to be. We love to throw around the term we, you know, we are a part of this. We. Well, what about when one of us gets sexually assaulted? I just, I want, I want my university to handle these type of situations showing that they really, really care. Always act aggressive with this type of stuff. And if it turns out that the accusations are, are false, you're going to be happy that you, you know, took the situation seriously, sweeping it under the rug or just, you know, kind of trying to move on with your life. That ain't it. That ain't it. And I'm just, I'm tired of all of it. You know, I'm, I'm just tired of the scandals. I, I, I hope that, you know, when the due process plays out, we find out that CSU did a better job and that maybe some of these details were not correct, but it's pretty damning right now. That's, that's my instant reaction. It's, it's pretty damning. It, it does not look good for CSU as a whole. That's where I'm at. Um, you know, we'll see, we'll see what comes of all this. It's just, just disappointing, you know, on a, on a human level, on a, on a basic decency level, you always hate to see reports like this, you know, any, any example of a, a bigger institution, a corporation, you know, doing wrong when it comes to this type of stuff. It's just, when are we going to learn? You know, it's, it's 2020, you know, you can't, you can't act like this one and, and you can't get away with it too. So that's where I'm at. That's, that's how I feel. I, I, I want to, you know, for the 50th time explain that, you know, we, we do have to let the details of all this play out and I'm just reacting to what we know so far. And I've tried to make it very clear that, you know, I'd, I don't know the details of this. I wasn't there. I, I read the report last night like any of you, and I've tried to look into it, but it's just a bad look for CSU. And we, we've got to get to a point where they're making national headlines for the good things that they do, not 
you know, making a national headline once a week for yet another scandal, whether it's something with COVID or racial insensitivity or ignoring sexual assault or just all of them, you know, the, the school as a whole needs to be better. This is a problem that's bigger than athletics. It's associated with athletics and maybe prevalent with athletics or more prevalent when you look at, you know, this type of stuff across the country. I think these things probably happen more with college athletics, given all the money that's involved and just the general type of atmosphere that is uh, associated with, with football in particular. But man, we got to be better. We got to be better. We got to just as a community, we got to be better as a school. We definitely got to be better. And we got to hold people accountable. You know, when we, when we find out everything that happened with this, there's going to be some really hard questions that are going to be answered. Why did, you know, even if, even if it turns out that, that Bess and, and Shell are innocent, that, that, you know, they, they didn't do this stuff. Why, why were they upgraded to presidential suites? Is it just because you were trying to appease your donors? Cause that's what it really seems like trying to appease the people that cash checks or are you trying to do the right thing? You want to do the right thing. That's what I would want from my university. That's what I would hope for. But uh, unfortunately, when it comes to these type of situations, you know, time and time again, we just kind of see that schools don't tend to operate that way. They just, they don't. So disappointing. We'll see how it plays out. Kind of tough to feel proud to be at the moment, though. That, that's where I'm at. We'll be back with more content. Uh, I'm going to be joined by a good friend of mine tomorrow, Austin White of the Pueblo Chieftain. We work together at the Collegian. Really, really good dude. One of my good friends in this industry. Stay warm out there. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Peace.